Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. So this morning, I want to talk about connecting with God. So if you're on the metrochurch.online platform, the notes are always there available to you on screen. Uh, you get to have hard copies of the notes when you come into the auditorium, so you get to have those as well. Or you can write old school in pen and paper, or of course, take notes on your electronic device. Feel free. So we're talking about connecting with God. And it might seem such a, a simple thing, because if we, if we know Jesus, if we've got a relationship with God, then we've already connected So why am I talking about what you already know about? Well, because no matter how short a period of time or long a period of time you may be a Christian, connecting with God is just the beginning. It doesn't stay that way. And so for all of us, even if you've been a Christian for decades and decades, our goal is to constantly improve that connection, to get a deeper level of connection with God, to get more understanding, to see more of what it is that God has for us. So uh, I don't think there's anybody that can say, well, look, I'm as connected to God as I possibly could be. There's only two exceptions. That's Jesus and the Holy Spirit, because they're part of the Trinity. They can't get any more connected to God. But for the rest of us, I think we can always get better at that. So connection by design is my first point. And I want to talk briefly about how the fact that God intended to be connected to us, to be connected to his creation from the very beginning. It wasn't an afterthought. Let's have a look at this first scripture here, uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Now, he said this after he's created the heavens and the earth and the waters and all the animals and all of those things. And animals are amazing. We've, some of us have got them as pets. They're fantastic. But even amongst all of that, God said, you know what? That's still not quite enough. So he goes on and he says, I will make a helper suitable for him. So God knows in our humanity, he has wired us to have a level of connection that cannot be sustained by material items, can't even be sustained in the way intended, by connection to animals, no matter how cute and cuddly they are. And I'm a dog lover, and so I love the dogs. But there's still that level of connection that goes even deeper. That's with one another. And so that's incredibly important. But we go, of course, beyond that, because God not only wants his creation to be connected with fellow humans, he actually wants connection with us as individuals. Again, back in Genesis. And it's really important for us to understand why God wanted us to know that from the very beginning because it permeates all throughout history. So here we are, thousands upon thousands of years later. So let's look at Genesis chapter 3 and verses 8 to 9. Now this is just after the fall, uh, after sin first entered the world. Um, if you're not up to all of that, that's, that's where we're picking up the story here. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. How cool would that be? They just out in your backyard. And just God is walking around there. That's pretty amazing stuff. Um, They hid from the Lord um, among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Isn't that amazing? God wanted for Adam and Eve to know that he wanted to know where they were. He wanted to connect with them. Now, if you think about this, God is God. It's not like God didn't know where they were. If he didn't know where they were, then we're in serious trouble. Then God isn't God. But he is, trust me. He knew where they were. But he wanted them to know that he was interested in them. 
He wanted them to know that he wanted to have that level of connection and was inviting that interaction by saying, hey, where are you? You know, if you've lost someone in a shopping center, what's the first thing you normally do? You, you go looking for them, but if you can't see them, you start shouting out. You, you shout out that person's name because you want to reestablish that level of connection. Well, that's what God was doing. His, his first creation, Adam and Eve, they were hiding from him, but he wanted to reestablish that connection. So it's really important for us to understand that God wants to have connection with us all the time. Now, through the ages, obviously, there's separation that comes through God. And so God had the ultimate plan. And Tendai referenced it when she was talking about a giving moment this morning to the generosity, the nature of God. And he demonstrated that through giving of his son, Jesus. Why was that the case? It wasn't just a sacrifice for the sake of it. It was so that we could be reconnected with God in the way that he intended. And the only way that that was possible and the only way that that is possible is through Jesus, through a connection with him. And so some of you may know this verse, and I don't think you can ever hear this simple, amazing truth often enough. This is John chapter 3 and verse 16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is so incredibly simple. And I think some people think that it's so simple that it can't be true, yet it is. So that's, again, an example, God wanting to reconnect with us. And it's as simple as accepting Jesus. I think that's pretty amazing. So why would you maybe want to connect with God if you don't really know much about him? If perhaps your only experience of God in the Christian sense is through a form of religion that perhaps didn't really focus on relationship, perhaps it was more about ritual, about doing things, uh, you must pray X number of times, you've got to you know, go to a place of worship as often as you can, you need to do these things, you need to make sure that you don't do those things, that can really suck the life out of relationship and connection with a loving Heavenly Father. But that's not God, that's not God who, who God is. That's not the level of connection that he wants with us and if we understand how much god loves us surely it will whet our appetite it will want us to connect with him more so let's have a look at 1 john chapter 3 and verse 1 see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of god you know as parents the most proud thing a parent can ever say is this is my son this is my daughter that phrase, that description is reserved exclusively for their children, for their offspring, for the ones they love the most. Not for a friend or a neighbor. They might like them a lot, but they don't use that phrasing of this is my child. Well, here's God saying we are his children. He's giving us the highest level of compliment possible from a living God. That is why we are called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it does not know him. So God is saying, you are my children. A huge demonstration of his love for us. Now, I'm sure it's no surprise to us that we are wired for connection. Even those of us that you know, can feel a little bit grumpy sometimes and a little bit prickly on the outside... Inside all of us, because I know that's how God created us, because we just read that back in Genesis, all of us do want a level of connection. It's hardwired into us. It's built into us. Think of social media. When you do your posts on there, uh, and it can be great to just share what's happening in your life, 
And for a lot of people, they like to get the likes. They like to see how many people are actually following them. So, you know, we like the likes. Why do we like the likes? It's because someone has shown an interest in us. There's a level of connection between what they're seeing and, and what we've actually put out there as well. And it's not hugely close connection, perhaps, sometimes, but it is a level of connection and it speaks to us. It speaks to our mind, it speaks to our psyche, and there's a part of our brain that actually gets activated when we have those levels of connection. So if we're looking at getting connected to God, then is it, do we need a whole bunch of likes from God before we know that he likes us? No, that's not exactly how it works. Is there maybe a special model or a formula for connecting with God? Anyone think there is? Love to hear it if there is. Trick question, of course. There is no specific model or formula for how we get to connect with God other than the basics of we need to accept Jesus. But just like you can get directions, you can have different levels of God. So here's an image. We'll show up on the screen there for you, courtesy of Google Maps. And so if you follow the, uh, the little the dot there, 142 Beaufort Street, that's where you are here. If you didn't know the address of the church, now you do. You can find your way here every single week, which is fantastic. So this is Metro Church, 142 Beaufort Street. And you can see on the map there, we're going down to Fremantle to Cicerello's. Uh, no commercial revenue have come my way, but Cicerello's do fantastic fish and chips. Um, I am a Perth-born person, a sand groper. I was just chatting to someone before the service. I'm a sand groper, and I actually grew up around Fremantle. So if you're local, you refer to yourself as a Frio person. For some reason in Australia, we add O's and E's to the end of words. And even though Fremantle has no E, sorry, no O in it whatsoever, we still refer to it as Frio. But anyway... There's a Google Maps direction, and uh, there's a couple of ways in which it showed us that we could get from Perth down to Fremantle. The blue line was the suggested route, as you can see, 34 minutes, that's pretty much the freeway, then Canning Highway, and the three you go. The other option there is taking the freeway even further down to South Street, and that's 33 minutes, one minute shorter. Interesting that it didn't actually suggest that one. It didn't want you to save one minute. Like, I'm more for the one minute. They all add up, you know. But no matter which direction you go, and I really wanted Google Maps to show me alternate routes. Sometimes it does show you, you know, two or three or maybe even four different ways of going. You would still end up traveling from here down to Fremantle, regardless of the route that you take, within reason, of course. If you're going via Sydney, it's a long, long trip for fish and chips. But as long as you're trying to get there succinctly and in a reasonably quick period of time, it's really not that important, is it, about the direction that you take? It's more important that you get to where you are trying to get to. So just like directions and instructions are important, they're not as important as what you are trying to get to. So when it comes to having formulas on how we connect with God, the actual formula, the way in which we get to connect with God, it's going to be very unique because each of us are incredibly unique. It's going to be special. Did you know even our ear prints, our ears are all unique? Um, the police department, they're doing forensics now and they're analysing crime scenes and, and they can look at photographic images and work out who you are based on your ear itself, the shape of your ear. That's if they know that your ear belongs to you. Uh, if they do that, I don't know how they know that, but they can actually do unique um, identification on our ears. And of course, we all know for ages, we've got fingerprints that are unique to us, our, our iris, um, all unique stuff. So for all of us, we are unique individuals. And so what our connection with God looks like it will be different um, for each of us, but it will still be a level of connection, no, never the doubt, nevertheless. 
So that's my first point, connection by design. On to my second point then, connection levels. So if we've established and accepted that we do need to be connected to God, that he wants us to be connected to him, then there is going to be different levels of connection. I mentioned at the beginning of the message that perhaps you've been a Christian for a very small amount of time. Fantastic. Welcome to the family. So you're going to hopefully realize that you need to increase that level of connection. But if you've been a Christian for a while, you still need to increase that level of connection. Um, I was talking to Pastor Ray uh, during Mingle Time, which is our online segment that we have uh, prior to the service beginning. And I might mention that, you know, uh, we both have wives, we're both married. And the level of connection that we have with our spouses needs to, ought to, and should continue to grow. So it's you never arrive at that destination, but you improve on that level of connection. And God wants exactly the same to us. But we need to make sure that we don't fall into the, the misbelief or the, the, the illusion that if we've connected, then everything's great because we're talking about levels of connection. Has anyone heard of the phrase of six degrees of separation? Just have a look here. A bit of show of hands, maybe. It became quite popular uh, probably a couple of decades ago now. And for some reason, there was this little quiz and you, you play games and you work out, of all things, how connected you were to, wait for it, Kevin Bacon. An American actor is like, okay, what's the importance of how connected am I to a particular actor? Not really sure. But it was interesting and it came out of the concept that if you knew this person, well then of course that person knows other people, who knows other people, who knows other people. And the theory was that every single person in the world was ultimately connected to each other by perhaps no more than six different levels of connection, six degrees of separation. Now, with the advent of technology, and I'm assuming this really refers to social media, that degrees of separation is theoretically now down to four levels of separation from you or anybody else. Of course, if the other person isn't on social media, you're never going to connect connect it by that way. So maybe it goes back to one in six. But those levels of connection, even if you were connected to, you know, said actor, you probably don't have much of a relationship with that person. We're talking about having better levels of connection and about going beyond the level of being superficial. Now, probably for most of us, we have gone through, apart from our relationship with God, we've no doubt had some close relationships with other people, boyfriend, girlfriend. And if you remember back to those early days of that type of a relationship, it started out with, you know, the first date and hopefully the second and the third and a few more after that. And more than likely, if you liked that person, you wanted to spend more time with them, to hang around with them more, to get to know more about them, to enjoy their company. So what you were doing then was you were building on the levels of connection. And I don't think anybody probably had to force you to do it. If you had to force yourself to do that, then probably that wasn't the romantic partner of life for you. Just a bit of a free dating advice there for you. Okay, so if you're trying to connect to someone and you don't really want to connect to them romantically, then they're probably not going to be the right match for you. But if you do connect and it's meaningful, then there should be this inherent, this built-in desire to connect with them. But with connection, there needs to be a level of familiarity so that you get to know more about the person that you're trying to connect to. So here's a little bit more interaction for you. I'm going to get you to work out if you can uh, determine what these sounds are or where they are from. So here's the first one. 
Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> oh, very good. So I heard Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Movie Terminator. Well done. Excellent. Okay. Here's the second one. Red alert. All hands to battle stations. Okay. Any guesses? Oh, Sean Connery. I've heard some Sean Connerys. No. Any others? Star Wars, close. One more thing. One more. Let's hear it again. Red alert. All hands to battle stations. Well, yes, well done. There you go. Oh, my heart is warmed. <laughs> I'm a trackie. Confession time. Got to confess in church. You can't tell lies ever. <laughs> okay. Here's the third one for you. What's that? Universal sound, yes. Yeah, so the beginning of movies, so if you're at the movie cinema or even at home, that's the, uh, the sound from one of the movie studios. Now, how did, how did you know those sounds? Through familiarity, not just hearing them once, unless you've got a photographic memory. So through familiarity is a way in which you start to build connection. And through listening to those sounds, you've got connection. But it goes beyond more familiarity. It goes beyond more than just being somewhere. You may have heard the, uh, the frivolous or the, the interesting example of, you know, going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. Probably doesn't make you slim either. Different story. And here's a shocker for you. Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. It might make you a churchian, if there is such a word. But coming to church does not make you a Christian. I know, shocker, isn't it? Singing worship songs doesn't make you a Christian. Reading the Bible doesn't make you a Christian. And being able to quote scripture doesn't make you a Christian. If you recall, the, Bible, uh, the devil quoted scripture at Jesus, trying to tempt him. Definitely not a Christian. However, if you know Jesus, if you know God, then all of those things are important. And as a Christian, you will do those things. You will come to church. You will read your Bible. You will worship him. You will be able to quote scripture. It's an extra way. It's part of how you get to connect. You will not build the connection. You will not even maintain the connection if you don't connect with God. If you don't come to church, if you don't read the Bible, if you don't worship him, your connection will eventually fade. It's not how you keep that connection. Just like we heard those sounds and through familiarity, we got to understand what they were all about. Here's a scripture that actually talks about hearing the sound of God as well. This is John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. There is so much in that. My sheep hear my voice. You only get to hear the voice of God if you are listening for him. Now, we're not necessarily saying that it will always be audible. Some people do hear God audibly at different times. Fantastic. I, you know, that, that's great. But when we read the word of God, which says it's alive and living, then that is how we hear God. That's how we get spoken to by God. And what also happens after we hear him, we get to know him and he gets to know us. And then if we get to do that, we get to follow him. So if, you, if you're a little bit unsure, perhaps from time to time, how closely am I with God? Am I following him? Well, perhaps read more of his word 
to go, oh yeah, I am actually doing those things that he would like me to actually do, to increase our ability to connect with him and follow him. So listening to God, it's not for the super Christians, the advanced ones, the ones that have been doing it for many, many years. God can speak to any of us and all of us and does in a whole bunch of different ways. Just like the directions that you saw on the Google Maps, there's different ways that God can speak to us. I've already mentioned one of them, which is reading the Word. Now, I can't imagine there'd be anybody here that if you know Jesus, you cannot have read the Bible and not have a word jump out of the page to you or a scripture going, wow, that's incredibly powerful. That's God speaking to you. If you've read something multiple times and then on one occasion when you read it, it brings a new meaning, that is God speaking to you, bringing it alive. He can direct us and guide us through just a sense. I think I should go and say hello to that person. I think I should apologize to that person. And that's not the devil normally. That's going to be the Holy Spirit saying, go and speak to that person. It could be a prompting to do something or maybe even to not do something. It can be in dreams. I was speaking with a, uh, with a Jewish man, in actual fact. Well, he's no longer a Jew. He's a Christian. He's become a Christian. We were at a family function, and uh, he was telling me that before he became a Christian, he had a dream one night, and Jesus was in the dream, walking with him, talking with him. And then he, he got up the next day, and he spoke to someone who was a Christian, and they said, that's not fair. I've never seen Jesus. I um, mean, this person saw Jesus in a dream, had him speak to him, and then gave his life to him as well. So he can speak to us in dreams, uh, through visions, um, and as I mentioned, some people can even hear him audibly. But God's word is what we base our faith on. So I would say go there first of all. If anything else happens, fantastic, but read God's word. And it's got to be true and it's got to be powerful to you. You need to know God's word. You've got to have a relationship with him. Otherwise, you can come unstuck. And this is an amazing story here in the Bible where some people thought that by reading words from the Bible was sufficient. Here it is, Acts chapter 9, verses 13 to 16. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, interesting, isn't it? In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. So they were like, by extension, clearly indicating it's not the Jesus that I know, it's this guy that I heard about through somebody else, through somebody else. I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. So it's not enough to invoke the name of Jesus unless you know him, in which case it is absolutely, totally enough if you do know him. And if you know him, then you get to talk about him in ways that are really personal. And one of the things that most people perhaps have a misunderstanding about God is that, again, they think it's through the whole rituals and processes. It's not. It's about relationship. It's about walking with Jesus, talking to God, and having him communicate back to you. And when you get to know him in that way, you speak about him differently. If you've got a really close friend and someone asks you about them, don't you describe them differently than the casual work acquaintance? If they ask you about your spouse, who hopefully you know really, really well, then don't you talk about them differently than you would to somebody else? Well, let's have a look at David the psalmist, how he talks about God. This is Psalm 63, verses 1 to 8. 
You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you for as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. There's someone who knows God. There's someone who has a deep, deep level of connection with God. I pray that when you read that, that you can have that same heart attitude. When I read the scripture preparing for this message, I was challenged like, wow, I get some of that, but I think I need to get closer to you, God. It really stirred me. So David was able to write that because he knew God, because he had that level of connection. And so my encouragement to all of us, myself included, is let's get to know God better. Let's get him to know more in that particular way. Okay, so that's point number two, connection levels. We can never get close enough to God, but let's keep on trying this side of heaven. All right, my third point then, connection purpose. Other than the obvious, is there other purposes? Are there other reasons to be connected with God? Absolutely, yes, there are. You know, we can have skills, we can have abilities, uh, we can have knowledge, we can even know our purpose. But without being connected to God, we will know we won't be half as effective as we possibly could be. So here's an example for you. And how many, how many were wondering what was under here? Some of you? Some of you are like, whatever, I don't care. Well, here's your moment. Ta-da! And uh, no, I'm not doing any major tricks. Um, that's pretty much it. So um, hopefully you can see that on the camera as well for those of you that are online. This is a toaster. Amazing items. How many know these are really important because when they break down, breakfast just isn't the same? It's tragic, I know. So these toasters are great. This one's got a whole bunch. It's got variable intensity, lighter and darker. Um, I've had too many toasters over the year where lighter and darker is always darker. In fact, it's always black. But anyway, side point for that. So these devices, they're fantastic, particularly for breakfast time or any other time that you decide that you might like toast. But you know what's missing in the ability for this to do its designed purpose? This needs to get plugged into something else. Otherwise, it's just a piece of metal and plastic. This is a bit like us. We can be a toaster, a great but ineffective appliance, unless we get connected to a power source. If we plug in to what we are designed to be plugged into, then we will be far more effective than any toaster ever can be. And so knowing what our skills are, knowing what our abilities are, knowing that God has gifted us incredibly, they're great, but we really need to be connected to the Creator so that we get to do exactly what it is that he wants us to be able to do and in a way that he would like us to be able to do. So there is purpose behind our connection. Your, the things that you get to do will go to a whole new level if you are doing them whilst you are connected 
to God. I read some interesting stats again, preparing for this message. Um, Gym membership in Australia, it's an interesting thing. A lot of people sign up for gyms, and I'm not talking just on January the 1st. None of this, you know, New Year's resolution type of thing. People join gyms all throughout the year. The percentage of people that actually use their gym memberships, and no condemnation if this is about to be you, okay, we love you all, 32% of people use their gym membership. And if you're any good at maths, that means 68% of people don't utilise their gym membership. Some never even go after signing up. And the rest of them, 68%, really don't utilise it. And in Australia last year, that equated to $1.8 billion that was not utilised. That's a huge amount of money. I'd be going, let's spend the money elsewhere if we're not going to go to the gym. If you're going to the gym, great, awesome. But if you're not, wouldn't you want to spend it elsewhere? Now, I don't know what happens with those people that sign up and don't actually utilise it. Maybe it's the good intentions, distractions. Anyone ever had those in life? I don't know. But I want to make sure that if I was paying those sorts of monies for the gym membership, I'd want to be make sure that I utilise it. So with us, for our connection with God, let's not be the 68% that don't utilise the connection that God wants us to have. So when we start to do the things that God wants to do in our lives, that's when the real purpose starts to come about. And the amazing thing about connection is that you don't always get to see initially what that connection looks like. It can be completely random. It might seem like an even a jumbled mess. Now, I remember at school, um, I was not one of those people that, I, that could actually draw anything more than a stick person, and that would be it for me. Um, I, I could probably do a really bad dog or a cat. But as far as drawing anything else, um, there's a new phrase for it now. It's called abstract art. That was me all over. No matter what it was I was drawing, I just put it into the bus- basket called abstract art. It's like, what do you think it is? Excellent. That's probably what it is then. So what I love then, because I was not very good at drawing, and some of you may remember these, I love the puzzles that it was drawing by joining the numbers together. Anyone have those? Remember those? Great. Well, here's your opportunity this morning. Here's one up on the screen for you. There we go. Now, of course, there's, um, it looks like some pine trees, I would imagine. And um, there's a few clues up there. There's probably or there's a little bird on the bottom left-hand corner there. Um, I can detect what looks like probably some sort of animal eye up in the top sort of section on there. But for the most part, it's going to be a little bit difficult to work out what the end game actually is. I wonder how many of us in life feel like this. There's all these numbers, there's all these things in our lives. It seems a bit jumbled. We know that God wants us to do things. We know there's little bits and pieces here and there, and I've got some clues here, and I've had some of these opportunities there, and I felt stirred to do this or to do that. But I really don't know what, in, what things are going to end up looking like. But there are instructions, there are processes, and if we connect to God and allow him to speak to us, and we've been talking about how he does actually speak with us, how he wants to connect with us. If we get that direction from God, over time, we get to see the full picture. Now, I don't have the stage one, stage two, stage three. We're just going to jump right to the end of the story. So here's the completed image. There it is. Isn't that cute? A couple of little bunny rabbits and a deer. Probably not in Australia with the pine trees. Um, I'm guessing either Sweden or Germany, Black Forest. 
Why do I know that? I don't, just guessing. When we get to heaven, we will see the completed picture. But just because you might not have understood how all those things joined together, it didn't stop the end picture from being what it would actually be. And that is so true for each of our lives as well. I would hate to imagine the number of things that I've more than likely missed over the years where God might have wanted me to be involved in things or do certain things, but because I couldn't see the big picture, because I didn't know what the connection was, I decided that that wasn't God. Or maybe, just through my lack of maturity, decided, oh, I don't know about that, I don't feel like doing that. It's not convenient, or how will I know, and what am I, what am I going to get out of it? Um, I would like to think that my attitudes have changed over the years, that now if God's directing me, even in the faintest way, I want to say yes to him. I want to respond to that. I don't want to miss any of those numbers that are up there. You know, the key to those number puzzles, miss just one number, and the image doesn't look like the, the way that it's meant to be. It can end up looking like something completely different. So I don't ever want to have that happening in my life. All right, so as I come to wrapping up uh, today's message, as we've hopefully seen, connecting with God, it requires action. It's great to hear about it. It's amazing to be able to hear God and to read his word and to know that that is speaking to you. But that is not enough. We then need to act upon that. I decided many, many years ago uh, that I wanted to do some exercise stuff. And uh, this will show you the, the, um, the vintage of these aspirations of mine. And by the way, I do do physical exercise. I enjoy doing it now. But um, I got a, um, a VHS video cassette of aerobics. So yeah, VHS for those that don't know, it's a way of watching stuff on the TV. I got this, um, got this aerobics video and I put it in there and I played it and I watched it. Done. I kind of figured that I needed to actually do more than just watch it. The idea it was one of those interactive ones where you're meant to basically follow along uh, with the person that was actually on the screen. So knowing what it is to do and even watching what you were meant to do or reading about what you were meant to do, that's only half of it. The rest of it is actually doing the action that is required. So let's have a look at this because God tells us about this as well. This is James chapter 4 and verse 8. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. That is an amazing, simple promise of God. If God says it in his word, then it is true. Isn't this so incredible? Come near to God, and he will come near to you. So simple. And I wonder how many of us at different times want God to be near us, and maybe we don't feel that he's near us. Well, have we reached out to him? Now, it might be that 15-second that traffic light prayer. If you haven't prayed it all that day, well, that's better than nothing. But reach out to God. And as his word says, he will come near to you. Now, as great as coming together is on a Sunday, and as I said, making, coming to church doesn't make you a church in, doesn't make you a Christian. It's absolutely an important thing to do. Do it as often as you can, uh, whether that's in the building or online. Connecting with one another is hugely important. God says it in multiple places in his word, but I want to show you just one of them again this, uh, this morning. This is Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 24 to 25, which says, 
And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. You know, so often in the Bible, when God's wanting us to do something, it's not just do as I say because. God's not a because God in the sense of just because I said it. There's always great reasons for it. So the beginning here, it's so that we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. They're the hallmarks of Christians. So if we're not connecting with one another as fellow believers, then we can forget what those basics are. But if you do connect with one another, then you get to see that. You get to practice it. You get to put it into place. So not giving up meaning together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, skipping church and going whenever you feel like it, nothing new, folks. But at the same time, this was written to the church to encourage people to say, I know this happens from time to time. Don't make it the norm. Make it the exception. Try and come and meet together as often as you can. Encouraging one another more as you see the day approaching. So, of course, we're talking about Jesus eventually coming back. And uh, here's my theological stance on that. Jesus is coming back soon. The other part of that is Jesus is eternal. So soon versus eternal, you work out the timing on that one. And connecting to God, let's have a look at another scripture. John 15 and verses 4 to 5. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Again, not just to do this because I've said it, but here's the reason why. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So it's reciprocal. It works both ways. We're meant to connect with Jesus and with each other and vice versa. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I'd love to underline that word remain. Maybe I should have before I put it up on the the screen there for you. You've got to remain in Christ. You've got to stay connected. Not that you used to know him, that you used to go to church, that you used to read your Bible. You've got to remain in him and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing of significance, as implied there. So here's an image for you for some fruit. So I'm wondering, what fruit are you? Not are you fruity, but what fruit are you? Maybe you've got a favourite one that you can see in there. I've got a few favourites they actually quite like on there. I would have tried to find images with even more fruit. It's pretty hard to find lots of images with lots of different types of fruits on there. But you get the idea. And I like that in this passage that we just read, it doesn't get into the specifics of what that fruit looks like because it will be different and unique for every single one of us. But we are designed and intended by purpose, by being connected to God, the purpose is that we will actually bear fruit. But let's have a look at another image. And I don't know how much you know about your um, things. Those are also fruits. Now, tomato is the obvious one. I think everyone kind of knows, oh, yeah, tomato's a fruit because it's got seeds. Well, the actual definition of a fruit is an item like that, an organic item that has a seed that has flesh around it. So therefore, those things are fruits as well. Avocado, eggplants, and cucumbers. I don't think you'd ever actually put a cucumber in with a fruit salad. Anyone ever do that? No, I didn't think so, but if you want to, knock yourself out. So you might think, well, okay, well, I didn't realise perhaps all of those things were fruits, but how about the fruit in your life? 
do you classify it as fruit? Or did you make the decision that, well, no, that's, that's, that's nothing. That's just me. Well, just me is fruit. That's just what I do. Well, just what you do is fruit. So I think for some of us, we can easily disempower and really ignore the things that God has done and is doing in our lives and wants to do in our lives. So God is the ultimate gardener. So don't be trying to tell him that that's not fruit. If that's fruit, it's fruit. So allow God to work in and through you for purpose in whatever it looks like. And, you know, as I look around, there's a lot of familiar faces, a lot of people that I know here, and I know different parts of your lives, and I know there's fruit in every single one of you, and it looks different for every single person. And I'm glad it does because there are things that each of us are uniquely called to do. If we don't do it, then some people are missing out. So make sure that you are always fruitful by staying connected to him. Okay, so that's my, my last point there, number three. That's connection purpose. So as I said at the beginning of this morning's message, you may have been connected to Jesus for a short period of time or a long period of time. Well, here's an even further step on that one. Maybe you, you couldn't say that you are actually connected to Jesus yet. Well, in every service and every opportunity here at Metro Church, we always want to provide you the opportunity to connect with God through Jesus. Or maybe you're saying, look, I've been connected with him, but this message is really stirring my heart and I think I've, I've done the whole connected with God and then kind of like left him on the shelf. Well, you can reconnect with God as well in exactly the same way. So if you would like to connect Jesus to say yes to him, it is so easy. In fact, it, it, it seems so easy that surely it can't be real, but it really is. All you need to do is say yes to Jesus and ask him into your heart. And if you mean it, he will hear it. Even if you actually don't say the words, he will hear that inner voice from you. But I would encourage you, if you want to, say yes to him. Just ever so gently under your breath so that you know that you've actually said it to him as well. And ask him into your life. I'd like to guide you in a very simple prayer. And you can pray it later on, longer if you want to. But I'm going to pray this for you and everyone else here is going to pray that with you so that you don't need to be concerned about, well, what if they hear me? Everyone's going to be praying it as well. So let's pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, I say yes to you. I ask you into my heart. I ask you to forgive all of my sins. And I thank you for eternal life. I choose to follow you, Jesus, for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for that. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for any person who has said that for the very first time or maybe they've come back to you and they've said it and they mean it in the building or online. Maybe they're catching up with the service sometime after we've live streamed. You know them, you hear them. And so, Father, I pray for them, Lord, that this will become an amazing transformational moment, the time that they connected with you, their Creator. And I pray that they will continue to grow and flourish and deepen their level of connection and that they will do all the things that you have before them and they'll receive you, Lord Jesus, and serve you for all of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we don't want to leave you with just a prayer. We want to support you as we always do. And so we've created this concept called Yes Texting. So everyone texts, I'm sure, these days on their mobile phones. So believe it or not, we encourage you, text the word yes through to this number, 0488 
826 392. That's us. It's our number here at Metro Church. It's not some call center somewhere. That's you saying yes to Jesus. Again, it's just that tangible way. Just like I asked you to pray that out aloud, we're asking you to text the word yes to that number. Or there's another way in which you can do it. Uh, you can do this via a web page instead. You just go to this web address, yes.metrochurch.org.au. And there's a yes button you can click on there. Either way, do that if you mean it. And it's another way of you saying yes to Jesus. But in addition to that, what we will then do for you free of charge is that we will send you at 7 a.m. each day either an email or a text message on your phone. If it's on the one screen on your phone, it will be a Bible verse and a way that you can pray about that particular Bible verse. And we'll do that for 30 days free of charge. We do that so that you get to read the Bible at least once a day and you get to learn how you can pray about different things. After 30 day finishes, there are mini series. They last for 10 days. You can subscribe to each of those as well uh, in succession. And we won't ask you for anything other than letting you know that if there's a water baptism coming up, we want you to be a part of that and we encourage you to do that. But other than that, that's it. We don't give you details to anybody. And this is not some AI bot doing this. This is actual humans that do this for you. It's coming from us to you with love because we want to support you in that. All right, fantastic. Well, thank you for listening to God. Thank you for connecting with Him. And we get to connect in another way again. Worship.